sermon text today is from Revelation 2, verses 18 through 29. If you please rise out of honor of God's word. Revelation 2, verses 18 through 29, found on page 1,312 in your Blackview Bible or 1,521 in the Adventure Bible. Revelation 2. Verses 18 through 29, the church in Thyatira. And I read in Jesus' name. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance. And that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead. And all the children, or all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, you have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. And only hold fast what you have until I come. And, on, and the one that conquers... And who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule over them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority over, from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to meditate on and apply these truths that you gave to the church in Thyatira and that you've given to us. We ask that your spirit would be at work opening our hearts and our minds to understand what you have for us. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So there's a bunch of stuff that could be talked about in this passage again, and that seems to be kind of the way that it's going throughout the book of Revelation. Uh, that there's, there's so much. But today we're just going to focus in on Christ's call to the church in Thyatira to just keep growing because that's what he's calling them to do, to keep growing in, in their good works. He's, he's commending them because their latter works exceed the first. And so that's what he calls us to as well. But as we start, how does Christ reveal himself to the church in Thyatira? He's judge. Have you ever, guys ever heard someone say, only God can judge me? Any of you ever heard that? You know, when people say that, they say that kind of flippantly. You don't have any right to judge me. God's going to judge me. They should be terrified. Because I can fool you. I can't fool God. And that's, that's the image that Christ is given to the church in Thyatira. The words of the Son of God. Son of God. So this is the one who represents God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished 
bronze. So this eyes of the flame that are like a flame of fire, they, they pierce, they shine, they bring light into darkness. That's what his eyes do. When Christ looks, those things that are hidden, they're not hidden anymore. So I can fool you with my inner man. I can do good things and have bad motivations. Have you guys ever done that? You know, I, I watch that um, with people that I tell they must apologize, usually little people. You know, apologize for this. I'm sorry. Well, what are they doing? They're doing the good work, right? With the wrong motivation. They're just not smart enough to hide the bad motivation because that's been in me too. <sighs> okay, God, I'll apologize. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. And inside I'm saying, doggone it. <laughs> yeah, right? Or, or whatever. Whatever excuse is in there. Christ looks and he sees the motivation. God judges according to truth. And so if I say only God can judge me, what am I saying? He's going to see the truth of it. He's going to see the depth. He knows if I'm doing this out of love for him or if I'm doing this out of love for me. He knows. That's a terrifying thing. He sees our hearts. And then he's got the feet to the burnished bronze. You know what this burnished bronze was an exceptionally strong metal that was built or that was alloyed in Thyatira because Thyatira was this trade center. If you've watched the YouTube videos, you'd see that. Um, and so this alloyed bronze was made there and it was very strong. It was very durable. And so when Christ comes to destroy things, he doesn't break down. You know, the buses asked for prayer when I came to putting things away in their new house um, because after a while, it, it gets old. And you just you start to emotionally break down with that. We actually have lived here 13 years now. We do have some boxes that have never been unpacked. The, just throw them away. 20, and Cheryl's got some from 25 years ago. You just, it ceases to be important. With Christ having these feet to burnish bronze, he never wears out. He will continue to bring judgment. He will continue to bring justice. Christ doesn't go, oh, I'm kind of tired. I think I'm going to quit this. Yeah, because that's the thing that tramples. You know, our feet are the things that trample. And so as Christ tramples over the unjust, the wicked, and destroys, you know, stomps on, you throw something down and you stomp on it, you know, wh why are you doing that? Because you are bringing destruction. And so when Christ comes, Christ judges and Christ brings destruction. Jesus does both. And so when we think about judgment, it's not just condemnation, it's also commendation. But then when he brings justice, when he brings condemnation, he doesn't tire. And when he brings commendation, blessing, he doesn't tire either. And so the feet are the things that carry us along. Because they didn't have tanks back in this day and age. And so, but yet Jesus commends the faithful. What does he commend the faithful in? Well, their faithfulness. I know your works. Your love, faith, and service, and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. So if the Son of God is commending the people because they are growing 
in the expression of their faith, what does that teach us? Jesus says, this is good. You're growing in all of these things. I see this. It's not just what you had at the beginning, because that was a church in Laodicea, was it? Who left their first... Ephesus. It was Ephesus that left their first love. So they started off really good, and then... Here we have growth. And so last week, we talked about evangelism. We talked about introverted evangelism. What does it look like for an introvert to do evangelism? Well, we're supposed to focus our attention on growing internally so that when those opportunities come, that we'll have something to share, to bring out. Because those opportunities will come. But we're always supposed to be growing. Those of you who are extroverts, did you know that you're supposed to be growing too? We're all supposed to be growing. This is what life looks like. We cut down a small-leafed linden tree in our back because it, was, it had stopped growing. It was dying, and it got cut down. And so we need to think about those things because what does Christ call us to? To grow, to keep growing, to keep applying these things, to keep living them out because the one who conquers what does it mean to conquer? You know, as, as Christians, we don't conquer what the world conquers. The world conquers that which is outside of it so that it can be sinful inside and not face the consequences. Christians are called to conquer that which is inside so that that which is outside won't affect it. So we're called to conquer ourselves. The one who conquers, the one who conquers his own sinful inclinations, that's what we're called to conquer. I'm not called to conquer my children so that I can live in sinfulness. I'm called to conquer my sinfulness so that I can train my children in godliness. I'm called to conquer my own tendencies. I'm called to conquer inside because Jesus says as we conquer, they receive what? The morning star? Who's the morning star? It's Jesus. So as as we interact with the judge, We don't just interact with the judge in fear. We interact with the judge in hope. Because as we live out our faith, because that's just what it means. If you're going to be living, if you want to grow in good works, in love, in patient endurance, in faithfulness, what does it mean? It means just to live out your faith. Live it out. As you bring it into this world, it will change you in greater ways. Because what is your sin trying to get you to do? To hide your faith. It's trying to get you to hide the truth, to live according to lies. And so then as we conquer that sinful inclination, what are we going to do? We're going to live out our faith. As we live out our faith, we're going to grow in godliness and in righteousness, and we're going to see Christ more clearly. We're going to receive the morning star, and then we will rule. But then I don't have to exert myself over that which is around me because it will happen by the working of Christ. And to think about some of those workings of Christ, I'm going to actually call up Doug to give testimony about how God has put situations in Doug's life that with all of Doug's planning and organization, he did not prepare for. He did not prepare. We should turn that on, and Doug will take over. Thank you, Pastor. You can grab it if you want to move, too. Okay. Well, this story happened about seven years ago. I was on tour in southern Florida with my son, Jacob. And we were driving from Fort Myers over to Miami. 
And about halfway, you know, I don't know how many have been on Tammy Ammy Highway. Anyway, between the two, there's a wayside rest. And then there's a gas station. And anyway, we decided to stop there. And so we noticed that there was an alligator park. And so I said to Jacob, I says, Jacob, let's just go to this park and let's see what kind of alligator stuff they got up there. Previously, I need to open with what happened is, is I prayed, God, just bring people in front of me that you want me to talk to. And so that's what I prayed. And so anyway, Jacob and I, we went to this park and it was 4.30 in the afternoon. And when we got there, there wasn't any cars there or anything. We thought, boy, this is kind of crazy. You know, and so then we drove all the way up to the up up to where the gift shop was, and we got out and we started looking at the exhibits, you know, with some of the animals and the birds that they had there. And finally, we decided just to go into the gift shop. And when we got into the gift shop, there was two people inside, and uh, and this one guy was at the counter. He was you know buying his stuff and checking out, and I noticed that he had an accent, and I thought that's kind of strange, and so. After he had bought his stuff, he walked out the front door, you know. And I went up to the counter. I says, where is that guy from? And she says, well, I think he's from Sweden. I said, really? She says, yeah. So, <laughs> crazy me, I ran out that front door and I said, Prada Lida Svenska, Prada Lida Svenska. And he turns around and he starts, you know, speaking Swedish to me. Well, I had learned previously what Prada Lida Svenska means is speak a little Swedish, you know. And I said to him, I says, hey, what are you doing over here anyway? He says, well, I'm hunting. I said, what are you hunting for? He says, I'm hunting pigs and turkeys. He says, I do that all over the world. I says, wow, that's really interesting. That must keep you busy. He says, yeah. I says, well, this is the craziest question ever. I says, do you know Jesus? He looks at me and thinks, he says, well, I, I think so. And I said, why do you say you think so? He says, well, let me tell you a story. He says, I was out hunting one day in Sweden. And, and I was out hunting, and all of a sudden, this snowstorm came up, and it, it started snowing and blowing so bad that I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And all of a sudden, this guy shows up, and he takes me right back to my cabin. He says, I don't know how that happened. And I says, you know Jesus. Jesus had to have been the one that took you back there to show you because he wants to use you. And I said, you know, I got a bracelet here that talks about the plan of salvation. I said in Revelation, what's it say? I can't even read it here. Oh, it's upside down. <laughs> okay. Oh, put my glasses on. That's why, that's why I brought them this morning. Okay. That's important. Okay, glasses on. Now I can read it. Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I said, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then, in, so that all our, we have all have sinned, Right? And I, and I said, God has, Jesus has shed his blood, John 3, 16. And so that God has made us holy. That's what the white stands for. 1 John 1, verse 9. God who is faithful and just will cleanse us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
and 2 Peter 3.16, that we may grow in our faith so that one day, Revelation 21.21, that we will live in heaven with golden streets. And I said, I want to give you this. I said, just like me giving this bracelet to you is what God wants to give you, is eternal life. I said, just as this free gift I give to you, I want you to know one thing, that it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about what Jesus has done for us. And he says, well, why don't you come over to Sweden and tell other people? I've never heard the gospel that way before. I says, you know what? I says, what's your name, by the way? He says, my name is Christian. I says, well, imagine that. I says, Christian, it's not about me coming over to to Sweden, it's all about you, and when you go back home, I want you to do what God wants you to do. And I want you to take this bracelet and use it to minister to other people. Because you see, Christian, God, wants, God has called you. I, I don't know why I'm talking to you today, but God has put us together. Does that make any sense at all? And he looks at me and he says, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. I said, that's the whole part is that God wants you, Christian, to be an active part in his kingdom. And then just a couple of months ago this summer, I, pr- I prayed again. I says, God, if you've got somebody in front of me uh, that you want me to talk to, <laughs> make it happen. And so here, I, I uh, sometimes have to go to get a car for Martin, Lo- uh, Martin, what's it called, Mountain Lake Automotive. Mountain Lake Automotive. And so here, me and another guy went up to, the, up, to, uh, up to the Twin Cities, up in Elk River. And we got the car, and we decided to stop and have lunch. And so I asked the guy, where's a good place to eat? He says, well, there's a great burger shop right down the street here. And so we drove our cars down to the street, I mean, down, to the, uh, down the street to the cafe. And all of a sudden, there was a lady standing, I mean, sitting on the, on the steps, going for that we were supposed to go into the cafe and said well you know excuse me ma'am we'd like to get in and so she moves over and so we go into the into the into the bar <laughs> where they had you know had hamburgers and stuff and so we sat down at this table and we noticed there was a table with uh, with all there was still a hamburger and fries that had just been delivered and and we thought that was kind of strange and anyway so we sat down and we ordered and all of a sudden, this lady that was sitting outside came walking in, and she comes over to her table, and, 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 and that was a hamburger. And she says, she brings a hamburger and fries over to us and says, do you guys want this? And I'm saying, well, that's kind of strange. Why do you want to give it? She says, well, my husband just let me, left me today. I am gonna be, I'm going to be by myself. And she, he's taking my two kids and moving to Washington. And I said, she said, you can have this lunch because my, my husband's not going to be here to eat it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I said, what's your name? She says, my name is Jackie. I says, Jackie, we need to pray. She says, yeah, well, I guess so. And she had been drinking. You know, she had an alcohol problem. And I said, Jackie, you really need to know Jesus. And so uh, I got my, <laughs> my, my little bracelet out, and, and I talked about, you know, the verses and what it meant, the black and the red and the white and the green and the gold. And I said, Jackie, you need to go to treatment. You need to go to, to uh, Minnesota. What do they call it, Minnesota? Teen Challenge. You need to go there. You really need to, to have help. I mean, your family, your life is falling apart, and you don't even know that. 
And I said, you really need to know Jesus. And you really need to know that it's a free gift. Just like I give you this bracelet, you can have the free gift of salvation that Jesus wants you to be part of his family. And she says, really, me? I said, yeah. She really wants you to be a part of his family. And, and that's what, you know, just being an introvert is just making yourself available. God will do the rest. I can never, I can't explain it because it just happens. But it's a crazy world out there that God wants us to help with. So thanks a lot. Oh, yeah, I got bracelets for you. So just in case. <laughs> So Doug has, in other words, Doug has bracelets that might fit you. <laughs> so, so we talked about introverts last week. What does an introvert do? They like to get things organized interior, inside, right? But why then do we prepare inside? Is it just so that we can have the inside and we can just enjoy it ourselves? Or is it so that we can then make that available when we're dealing with people outside? Because that preparation, you don't prepare for nothing. Farmers, how many of you made sure that your combine's ready, that your fields are ready, that your tractor's ready, that everything's ready for the fall, and then just decide, no, nah, I'm not going to harvest. It's unnecessary. I don't feel like doing it today. Like, what farmer would ever do that? Why do you prepare? For the harvest. So then what are we doing here? We're preparing. Why? Because we enjoy the people. Well, I'm glad. But it doesn't end there. It's for the harvest. And so all Doug did was make sure that he had a bracelet on. You know, and even if you're not prone to jewelry, you can manage a jelly bracelet. I don't know if I'd remember it, but, you know, I should probably just get a watch band that had that. But I have to give away my watch, and I wouldn't like that. <laughs> this is the reality. What does Christ call us to do? To grow. Well, Jesus will judge me. I don't have to do anything. Well, no, Jesus is going to judge you, and he calls you then to live for him. So ask. Okay, Lord, give me an opportunity. You know what? Sometimes he will. Sometimes he won't. You say, no, not today. Okay, well, thank you, Lord. Other times he will. And then you'll have stories, and you'll see God work. And isn't it encouraging to see God work? You say, oh, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. You know, I was listening to Matthew the other day, and Jesus actually goes so far as to tell us, don't worry about what you're going to say, for the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Oh, so me worrying about what I'm going to say and be like, I'm not going to say anything because I might not say the right thing. I don't know exactly where that is. Um, I think it's in the Sermon on the Mount. But if I'm worrying about that, I'm actually disobeying Jesus. And that's sin. So my worry, I'm not going to have the right words to say. I'm going to make a fool out of myself, God. Jesus says, you need to repent of that because you're not trusting me. So what did Doug say? Make yourself available. To who? To the people around you? No, to the Lord. And the Lord will bring the right person in. He will give you opportunity to conquer in that situation. Because conquering is what? 
Just living out your faith. That's all it is. Linda. That's true. When God puts that person in your, in your way, when God urges you, there's a point where you're going to be tempted to disobey. And, but that's, yeah, you have to obey. But that's what it means then to conquer. To conquer is to put aside my normal inclinations and to obey Jesus. So, all right. With that, let's pray. Oh, wait, I've got another. Lisa, you need to raise higher than this. <laughs> I was going to say that, like, the Bible says it. story about what happened last night um was sitting on the couch waiting for kirsten to be done putting the kids to bed and we had an inebriated hispanic or a spanish speaker come to my door who didn't speak any english and i'm standing there trying to communicate with my very very broken spanish and he can't understand me through the alcohol and my accent and so but as you know I'm, so i'm standing there i was like lord what do i do and Kathy comes to mind because my mother-in-law speaks Spanish. And so I tried to get her to speak to him. And then Paul Lenz, she wasn't able to because he was very inebriated. And so Paul Lenz started speaking to him and we were able to kind of get figured out what he wanted. And, and so even if I didn't have the right words, God brought to mind someone that did so that we could get them in contact as well. And so it's not always going to be through us. And that's one of the main lessons that I've learned as pastor, that it's not always through me. It's going to be other people too. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't stop with Pastor Joe and then he's got to give it every, to everybody. Like, no, you guys are connected to the head. The Holy Spirit then works through you too. And so Lisa doesn't call me and say, hey, Joe, this guy's at Walmart and he needs to talk. <laughs> you know, Doug didn't call me about this Jackie lady. He asked the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit worked. Sometimes God puts someone else in mind and like, you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to Jim or you need to talk to... Roger, you need to talk to this person because they have the answers for you. Sometimes that'll happen. Other times, the Holy Spirit will just give you the words, whether you have a lot of words or not. 
So, all right. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you work, that you are powerful in your working. Lord, you are so powerful that you can even use us. Lord, we thank you. And I pray that as, as we prepare, as we seek you, as we learn about you, that you would grant us opportunities to live these things out. Lord, that we would grant, have opportunities to live out kindness and to live out love and to speak the words that you give us, Lord, to help us to see. And may we have the humility to obey you instead of ourselves and our fear. Lord, instead of ourselves and our arrogance, that we would listen to you. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to be your children and to live out your work. In Jesus' name, amen. With that, I'll ask you to rise as we corporately sing number 516, There Will Be Showers of Blessings.